Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andrioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright, everyone. I'm here to talk about a very important event, very important uh, bracket, a list of contenders, and they'll all kind of duke it out for for who who will be the winner. And uh, no, I am not talking about the Super Bowl or All-Star Weekend. I'm, of course, talking about the Oscars, sports for nerds. No, actually, in reality, I am... I'm genuinely looking forward to All-Star Weekend. The Super Bowl, the farther we get away from the Eagles winning, the less I care. But if they were to make it again, I would certainly have a renewed interest. Last last year, I'm pretty sure we turned it off and started playing video games. But anyway, uh, in this case, uh, All-Star Weekend, though? I mean, I like basketball. I don't even care about the basketball, dude. Like, we got Red Cement. Threes coming. We got maybe the off white fives. I think this has been rumored for like three years in a row, but maybe fingers crossed the Adidas Yeezy basketball shoes, which are really awesome, if I do say so myself. All of these and more might be dropping All Star Weekend. Listen, basketball is cool and all, but oof, listen, that's that's some hype stuff. But anyway, no, the Oscars is what I'm actually here to talk about. So I'm going to go through every, every, what what's it called, uh, candidates, not the right word, every category, every category, I'm going to list out all the, un, all the nominees, and then I'm going to pick whichever one I think is going to win. Now this isn't, again, this is, this is what I think is going to win, not what I think should win, which is a very different conversation. We're going for accuracy here, because what we're going to do is after the Oscars air in February, I'm going to do a recap we're going to see how close did I get. And feel free, I'm trying to get people involved in the show a little more, so get, you know, get active. Feel feel free if you want. Send in, like, the, I don't know, who do you think will be best picture? Or if you're really committed, send in your full list. Let's see if we can get a little conversation going here and then see who uh, who comes out superior in terms of how many they got right in the end. Okay, so we're going to start things off with Best Picture nominees. We got here Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story, Parasite, and 1917. Unfortunately, I probably should have held off on recording this, but I did promise this is the next episode, so I don't know, kind of trying to stick to the schedule, but I am going to be seeing 1917 on Monday if everything goes according to plan, so I could speak more to the quality of this film after that point, but for now, I'm just going to go off of everything that I've been, you know, that I've seen so far, and man, there's some good candidates here. I have not seen Little Women. I don't think anyone will be surprised. Joker does not deserve to be nominated. You can't change my mind. Ford vs. Ferrari is a really good movie, but I don't know if it's a Best Picture winner. Um, and yeah, 1917 looks really good, but if I'm being honest, what I think will win will be The Irishman, just because of Martin Scorsese's history with the Academy and just the clout that he's built up, and certainly the quality of the film as well, and how authentically, like, counterculture, I don't know if is that's the right word, but, you know how stark contrast it provided to a lot of the things that are also on this list. I mean, you know, to be to be fair, most of them are original properties, but Joker, Little Women, 
you know, those are those are adaptations. So I think it's it's cool to see a film that created such a conversation that was such a like a divergent creation from what's been the norm this year. I think that's something that'll really attract the Academy and get people voting in its favor. So I definitely think the Irishman will win Best Picture this year. Actress in a Supporting Role is our next one. And for the nominees, we have Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell, Laura Dern in Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh in Little Women, and Margot Robbie in Bombshell. If I'm being honest with you, I think Florence Pugh will come away with this. And like I said, I have not seen Little Women. I can't I can't really talk about how good it is. And I mean, listen, a lot of times I feel pretty unqualified to talk about the Oscars just because I haven't seen the movies. And it's often not for a lack of interest. It's just because, well, I don't... I don't know, I just haven't gotten to it yet. You know, sometimes those things hit theaters right around this season, and that's just not the kind of stuff that I feel like taking a trip out to the theater to see. It's the stuff I'd wait for and view more objectively at home. So that's a lot of times this, the, the, the problem that the scheduling creates. In this case, a Little Women's just not my thing. It's not made for me. That kind of, you know, historical setting and and, like, the subject material, it's definitely just aimed at a different crowd, and it's just not something I have a huge desire to see. So I I have not seen it and probably never will, but I know Fier- Florence Pugh is a great actor and a lot of, or actress, my bad, and a lot of things that she's been in in the past are very good and her performances are standouts. So I think she can come away with a win here. And then next up, we got actor in a supporting role. We have Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and that's it. I mean... Listen, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins, these are titans in the industry, but I don't know, man. Tom Hanks is, he's so good. He's just so warm and wonderful, and the way he's able to embody uh, Mr. Rogers in this movie, it's just, it's incredible. It's a great performance. So I think he'll definitely come away with the win here. And if you want to talk about clout, I mean, just just look at the the back catalog and to be fair it's not like anthony hopkins hasn't been knighted for his services to acting like al pacino and joe pesci haven't both come away with major wins brad pitt the same but ah, i don't know tom hanks just to me he seems like the clear winner here i don't know foreign language film i have not seen any of these just because those are harder to get a hold of and i I don't usually tend to go for them, but just a quick rundown. We have Parasite from South Korea, Pain and Glory from Spain, Les Miserables from, or Les Mis, I guess it's just easier. Anyway, from from France, Honeyland from North Macedonia, and Corpus Christi from Poland. Now, Parasite is the only one of these that I've heard a lot of buzz about, and I've heard that it's one of the best movies of the year, one of the best, I think, I think it leans more towards horror, thriller kind of thing one of the best of the year so I'm definitely going to go with that one just by virtue of having the most impact on pop culture I think a lot of times except for Joker uh that stuff points to a pretty good film so I'm I'm definitely coming away with that just for lack of knowledge it's just wasn't isn't quite my my category you know actually documentary short which is the next up and documentary re- feature 
neither of those are really my thing either, but these are similarly going to be based off of the pop culture conversation and just like the little background knowledge that I've been able to garner through conversations about this this medium as a whole throughout the year. So the nominees are In the Absence, Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone, in parentheses, If You're a Girl, Life Overtakes Me, St. Louis Superman, Walk, Run, Cha-Cha. So I'm going to give it to St. Louis Superman because of what I've heard of how definitely it handles race relations and a lot of the the work that this man did in his community. It seems like a very well-crafted film and it seems like a premise and a story that is very interesting and could lend itself to a really great docu-short. So I'm going to give it to, to St. Louis Superman for that reason. And then next up, we got Documentary Feature, which I am also not super well-versed in. But uh, real quick, it's American Factory, The Edge of Democracy, Honeyland, Forsama, and The Cave. And this one, I'm going to give it to Forsama because similarly to St. Louis Superman, it's just the one I've heard the most about. It's the one that I feel like has made the biggest splash of all of these. So, yeah, I I feel bad. I feel like I should have watched a lot of these movies, but they're definitely harder to get a hold of and i feel like i don't know that i don't have that kind of time you kidding me anyway uh something i did have the time to go through and check out was all the nominees for original song so i'm standing with you from breakthrough into the unknown from frozen 2 stand up from harriet in parentheses i'm gonna uh love me again from rocket man and i can't let you throw yourself away from toy story 4 now the last one i actually did have familiarity with because I did see that movie in theaters and besides that one I hadn't heard any of the nominees I did go on on YouTube and check them all out and see you know the visuals that accompanied them and I know it's just not really made for me and I appreciate all the technicality and you know it's it's certainly a well done song but I just couldn't really get into into the unknown and the other ones I definitely really liked I can't let you throw yourself away. It's got a good melody. I really liked it. It's fun to listen to and it's heartwarming. But I'm going to have to give it to <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to have to give it to Love Me Again. Uh because it's just a really good song and it's I don't know, it's just meaningful, it's catchy. I don't know. I really liked it. So, yeah. I don't really have anything more than that. And uh I think that, you know, Bob from Elton John and with the cultural significance associated with it, I definitely think this is something that could could legitimately win in the Oscars. So, All right. Animated feature film. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. Now, this one is tough because there are three candidates here that I think legitimately have a, a great shot. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, it's... It's a good film, but I don't necessarily think it's doing anything new. It's got great visuals, great performances and everything, but I don't know. That just seems like a franchise that's run it, run its course and kind of peaked with the second one. And I think that, I don't know. I just don't think that this is something that can secure the win. I Lost My Body, I don't know too much about it. I know it's on Netflix. I haven't checked it out, but I, I imagine it's pretty good. Another movie that's on Netflix, though, is Klaus. And while I definitely didn't love this movie, this is 
I mean, based on animation alone, this is fantastic. It's very similar to Spider-Verse in that it has like a a very unique and identifiable animation style. It's like 3D, but still 2D. I don't know, it's hard to describe. But a friend kind of put it to me, and it was something I hadn't really thought about before, but she was really into it, and she was like, I think this is going to really spark a trend, and they're, they're going to start bringing back like 2D animation. And I know there's been a lot of YouTube series that have been getting pretty popular, like Hasbun Hotel and stuff, that are... Have, it's... I mean, Hasbun Hotel is more colorful and dynamic, but it's it's a similar, like, pseudo-2D style. So, I think she's kind of right in that stuff like this might start pushing that more unique look into the mainstream. And I think, for that, that's something that could be a really cool accomplishment. And just beyond that, the performances, the writing, everything in this movie does really come together well. And I think it's it's definitely really well made. But... The same could be said about Missing Link. This movie, I mean, take the performances out. Take the story, take everything out. Just the insane level of dedication that it takes to make stop motion. And like the just the artistry of movies like this, of every Lego movie. I mean, I don't know, it's unmatched. And certainly I don't want to take away from computer animation. It's fantastic. And it does, it takes just as much work just in different ways, but how meticulous and, like, perfectly planned everything has to be, and just, I don't know, artistry, that's kind of what I keep coming back to, I don't know, that's just such an achievement, and to make stuff this consistently that looks this good, and is so well written and well done overall, I don't know, I don't know, it's hard, and then Toy Story 4, I keep going back to this, but clout is a big factor here, if you're taking into account what should win, like, recognition, and stuff that has done well in the past. I mean, hate to say it, but sometimes that does contribute to, you know, the the Academy voting one way or the other. So that being said, and, oh, and I mean besides that, it's I mean it's a great it's a great movie. It's unnecessary, but it is a really good movie. It's great performances, great writing. I talked about it a little bit ago, but great song. Everything in this movie comes together really well. And while I don't think it justifies its existence, it's not it's not a bad like epilogue. So I don't know, it's really really hard for me here. And I think before when I was coming into this cuz I did write down, I went through before and I wrote down all of the things that I decided I thought would win. But, I don't know, I'm here now and it's really tough. I don't know how to wager this one way or the other. So I think I'm going to go with Missing Link. That's what I had written down. And I think it's just because of how insanely talented all the filmmakers were and just how incredible it is that this medium still survives. It's crazy, and I think that just for that reason it deserves the win. Uh, and, and by the way, if you haven't checked this movie out and other Leica movies... Dude, get on that. Kubo and the Two Strings, Paranorman. Uh, Box Trolls, I actually... I haven't seen that one. But, uh... Oh, what's the other one? I can't remember. I don't... Either way... Oh, Coraline. Coraline, yes. Dude, you gotta get on it. Leica... Leica puts out fantastic movies. You should really... You should really check them out. Especially Kubo and Coraline. And, and Paranorman. You know what? Just just go for it. Check them all out. They're incredible. They're so well made. They're vibrant. They're energetic. And it's just, I mean, it's awe-inspiring that, that these were made. It's just crazy. So 
yeah, definitely get on that if you're looking for stuff to watch. Okay, well, that was a really long discussion, but a good one, I think. Uh, I think it was it was pretty valuable. Animation deserves more recognition, so yeah, I'm glad we got got to talking about that. Adapted screenplay. Uh, the Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, The Two Popes, and Joker. So for that one, I'm going to go with Jojo Rabbit. Now again, I feel really bad because I have not yet seen this. It's so high on my list. God, I want to check it out. Uh, but... I don't know, Taika Waititi is such a great writer, he's got an effortless ability to interweave, like, heartbreak and hilarity, and he can just manipulate your emotions so well, and he hits comedic beats expertly, character beats expertly, and can weave them together in a way that's so entertaining, I can't imagine this isn't just one of the best. And The Irishman, I'm sure it is a great screenplay. Uh, I've read a couple pages here and there, but I haven't read the whole thing. I don't know. It's just something about it. It's like, it's really a movie that relies on the cinematography and the editing and the performances. And if you don't have a good script to to organize that, certainly all those other things don't quite fall into place. But it does, it's so similar to a lot of Scorsese's previous work that I just feel like, it's less about the screenplay and it's more just this is content he feels comfortable with. These are actors that have proven themselves time and time again to be fantastic and to be able to work very well with material that he presents them with in, in particular. And I just don't know if, if the greatness of this movie was was necessarily in the screenplay. I think it comes down to a lot more than that. So for that reason, I'm going to give it to Jojo Rabbit. Uh, original screenplay. Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, Knives Out, 1917. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Dang it. Guys, that's a tongue twister. Try to save that five times fast. Uh, But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That, I mean, Quentin Tarantino is a genius writer. He, his scripts are fantastic. And a lot of it, well, structurally, conceptually, they're fantastic. I don't know if you guys actually know this, but Quentin Tarantino is functionally illiterate. His first drafts are littered with with grammatical errors and spelling errors, and it's just, it's insane. They're like, not incomprehensible is, is an exaggeration, but they're definitely on a purely, like, uh, literary, literary elements level. It, they're like, you know, they're they're not good, but it's it's you know it comes down to the structure that he can see and the ear for dialogue that he has and everything like that as they get cleaned up and that's a big part of why his movies end up as good as they are but uh but yeah i know a lot of people cite his screenplays as some of the best ever written once they can get cleaned up just because of of everything that he has it's there it just needs to be kind of polished a little bit so i imagine once upon a time in hollywood is much the same despite not having read the script i know a lot about the movie and a lot about the writing process, and it does sound like this is a movie that can definitely secure the win. Knives Out is another great movie, and you can tell that it's a lot of it is in the screenplay, just the way everything kind of comes full circle by the end, and you cannot write a good mystery story without a good script. You just can't. So I think that it's also really good, and it would definitely be my second choice. If we were going by what I wanted to win, yeah, Knives Out would definitely be would definitely be the one, but I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is definitely going to win. This is probably one of the ones I'd bet the most on. Alrighty, 
actor in a leading role. Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver in Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, and Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. This is another kind of hard one, but at the same time, it's not hard. So to me, it came down to Leo and Joaquin Phoenix. Listen, Leonardo DiCaprio obviously gives great performances in everything he's in. He is effortlessly charming and so good at playing all the right beats, even from when he was really young. He's, you know, he's he's really gifted. He's a really talented guy. Uh, I think that a lot of times the action was put to me that the Oscars go for the most acting, not the best acting. So subtlety is not something that you necessarily want to take into account here. Obviously, there are a lot of great performances that have won throughout the years that are excellent because they are subtle. But just because of the buzz that was generated around it and because it's such a performance that demands your attention and really like, you know, this movie would not be this movie if not for this performance. (sighs) Joaquin Phoenix in Joker. Now listen, my problems with this movie, maybe I'll get into them. Uh, I don't... It's not, it's definitely not his fault. He's not bad in the movie. I like him, genuinely. I like his performance. I like everything uh, around him. I think everything around him is what I don't like. But I definitely do like him uh, as a person and as an actor. And it's just, you know, he seems like a cool guy. But I don't know, man. I just can't get into it. I started rewatching it the other day. And at first I was like, oh, I don't really remember all the like retro touches. I don't remember the retro Warner Brothers logo. I like these credits. I like how we're getting into it. Oh, I forgot the exposition came through the radio. This is really good. And then he goes out and he's doing the sign thing. And I'm like, okay, good production design, whatever. And then, you know, he starts getting beat up by the thugs. And then there's like that long shot down the alleyway. And I was, and the score kicks in. And like everything from when they hit him with the sign, I was like, I, I hate this. And I remember why. Okay, hate might be a strong word, but I I just don't see it. Anyway, uh, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Actress in a leading role. All right, Cynthia Erivo. Er- yeah, that sounds right. In Harriet, Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. Uh, Sasio Ro- Wait, Saya... Uh, the lead actress in Little Women. Um... I know her, but I can't pronounce it for some reason. I'm just not going to embarrass myself with that. Renee Zellweger in Judy and Charlize Theron in Bombshell. I'm giving it to Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Now, again, I feel a little underqualified to talk about this movie because I have actually not seen any of the movies in this category, which feels really bad if I'm, you know, if I'm trying to judge these. But by the same token, what I think will win is just like, you know, that's, I feel like that's more based on popular consciousness and, like, the general tone that is taken when talking about movies like this. So, you know, a bit more than based on your actual feeling. Do you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of times you go into the Oscars like, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to win. This is awesome. And that just so happens that the Academy doesn't agree with you. So, I don't know. I think in this case, I'm just going to give it to ScarJo. She's really reliable as a performer, and I've heard great things about this movie. So, a little underqualified in this case, but I do I do think she's a great actress and that she could definitely pull off uh, a leading actress winning performance. 
Although Charlize Theron was another strong contender, I don't know much about Bombshell. I don't hear, you know, I don't hear much about it, but I I know that she is a great actress, and I think she definitely could have done it too. I don't know. This is just one one of those few, you know, couple of categories throughout all of these that I just I feel totally, you know, not not ready to talk about. But alas, you know, if I'm covering all of them, this is one of them, and then you know that's this is how I'm leading. Oh, this is this was a little hard too. But uh Martin Scorsese oh, sorry. Best director. Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Bunjo Hu Oh god, I definitely butchered that. Uh for Parasite, Sam Mendes for nineteen seventeen, and Todd Phillips for Joker. No, it's not Todd Phillips. No. Uh I don't know. It was kind of down to me obviously for Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino I I just had to lean to Martin Scorsese he's just you know he's an Oscar darling he's won so many in the past and it's just I think that this is the type of movie that really would please the Academy and something that would garner a lot of wins in all the categories it's nominated in so yeah I'm just gonna go with that seems like a safe bet. Production design. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, 1917, Jojo Rabbit, and Parasite. I'm surprised. This is one of the only ones that I would have actually been content with giving to Joker because all things considered, the way that movie looks is my favorite part about it, I think. But, uh, but for this one, definitely Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 1917 and Jojo Rabbit definitely have good production design from everything I've seen about them. However, I I mean, this is, and this is not meant to be, you know, a shot at these movies, but, or, you know, or a discredit to the people who worked on them, but the aesthetic of war movies has just been so figured out over the time, like, because there have been so many made, so it just seems like kind of an easier time period to hit because you just have so much to call upon and, like, it's, you know, it's a very definitive look that, you know, all World War movies or movies set in war kind of take on. And for that reason, I just don't think it's doing anything outside of the box. Now, certainly, it's still great work. It's just, do you know what I mean? I, I think, I think of, I think you get it. Uh, but yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's crazy the way they can just transport you to another time. From all the clips and images and everything I've seen in this movie thus far, I know, I know I really need to watch it, but, uh, but yeah, I think that it, it's definitely the, the runaway choice here, because it's just insane the level of dedication that they went through to, to get this to all feel and look right, like, I mean, cars, obviously, and, and, like, storefronts and signs and everything, but I know, like, even songs and and like radio stations and stuff they went back they found records i don't even know how but of like what time of day would this be playing or what station would have been playing this song what wouldn't when would it have been popular based on this time of year like it was insane the stuff that they did and then like even tiny details that you probably won't even notice but like license plates uh like just signs around hollywood like all of the stuff it's and they really did a lot here, and this is definitely, this is definitely something that deserves the win. 
Cinematography, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Joker, and The Lighthouse. I'm going with 1917 because it seems like a pretty safe bet. I think a lot of times, uh, stuff that's done in one shot, that's stuff that really appeals to me. The artistry involved when, when in bringing that kind of thing to life and just how how cool it looks and how it'll immediately set your film apart from others of the same genre or you know similar subject matter it's just really attention grabbing and it's such an interesting constraint to put on a story and i think that that's awesome because constraints are often when creative people thrive so yeah i think it's 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 such a cool story device and such an awesome and unique way to tell to tell a visual story and yeah, there's obviously so much work that goes into it, just making it all feel seamless and and like trying to keep it all consistent. It's and like match cuts and I just can't even imagine how well planned this kind of thing has to be and just how everything has to be perfect for it to look right. So yeah, definitely 1917. Although, to be fair, I do love the cinematography in The Irishman. That's one of my favorite things about it. And The Joker as well. Uh, the lighthouse, I, I haven't seen. I don't. I know what it's about vaguely, and I, I just don't know much about it. I've been hearing a lot of buzz. I think I should probably get on that, but definitely the Joker. It does look good. I, I said before that's probably my favorite thing about it, but yeah, I'm gonna give it to 1917. It just seems like, it seems like one I could take to the bank. Costume design. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Little Women, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, and Joker. Okay, this is a this is a similar similar deal. And again, it's not a knock on their work. It's just in the case of Jojo Rabbit and Little Women, The Irishman to some degree too. I don't feel like you know what Joker too. I definitely gave it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, did I? Uh, yeah. Yeah, wait. I give it to Little Women. I don't know if I disagree with... Or, no. I, oh. Oh, oh, oh. I remember now. Okay. So, in Joker, I feel like besides the Joker's costume, there's not a lot of standout outfits. It's kind of just guys in suits and cops and everything. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. And, you know, it's very similar. Or, you know, the Irishman, actually, is what I meant to say, is very similar just a lot of guys in suits mobsters important like period era stuff and i know that that it goes beyond that you know trying to be able to to make it look like it was of another era but at the same time it's a very well documented era era and it's been done so many times that i don't feel like it stands out very much not a knock on the work just just a statement i'm saying about it uh and then jojo rabbit is is very similar in that i think it, you know, it's like, uh, it's like a war movie, and a lot of that is, it's got a very similar aesthetic, so it's very well done, but it's not breaking the mold. Uh, Little Women, though, I think it's crazy, the, the dresses and a lot of the costumes that they have, not only are they period appropriate, but the fabrics and the designs to them, they are really, really good, and I definitely... I was impressed when I was looking at them. I want to maybe reconsider, though, because I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I feel like the costume design is a pretty big part of that. I'm in such an awkward position right now. I kind of wish there was a face cam to see how I'm craning myself to 
get my computer and stay in front of the mic at the same time. Hmm. They are great costumes, but... I don't know. I feel so bad saying, like, oh, they didn't do anything special. Because they definitely did. It's very admirable. But it's just, like... You know, it's been done so often, I feel like it loses its luster after a while. Once, let me Let me check. I'm sorry, this can't be enjoyable to listen to me Google images <laughs> of the costumes and... Uh, this is so hard because I feel like once upon a time in Hollywood everything, you know, they look the costumes look a piece with with the aesthetic and the story in general. But they also are just it's just like period appropriate. It's not ah uh, freaking whatever once upon a time in Hollywood. Why? I don't know. Who cares? Uh, let's move on. Sound editing. Um this is actually kind of interesting because I'm gonna, okay, 1917, Ford vs. Ferrari, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Joker. Uh, wait. Hold on. I'm gonna switch it, I think, from what I originally had. So this is really hard, and this is actually something I think I should do more research on in the future, but sound editing is like clips, like putting clips together and like, music and everything to my understanding mixing is like what speakers and stuff it comes out of so that's to like create the atmosphere and like the sense of where sounds are in an environment is the best way I could explain the difference so this is hard because because for sound editing I guess I'd have to go with once upon a time in Hollywood just because of like what I said with the radio and all the period appropriate needle drops and everything it just it's pretty admirable and it seems like probably one of the better like purely technical aspects of the movie just because of the the scrutiny and the you know the I don't know I don't know this is hard these are hard categories because it's it's something that's much harder to find out about like the screenplay or the cinematography or the editing whatever in general they're easy to see and they're easy to learn about but the editing and the mixing that's like the sound editing in particular i feel like that's harder to to know about just because of how technical it is but I, yeah fine i'll go yeah i'll go with once upon a time in hollywood and then i guess Sound mixing, we got 1917, Ford vs. Ferrari, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ad Astra, and Joker. And this one's hard for me, too, because 1917 and Ford vs. Ferrari, I haven't seen 1917 yet. And this really makes me feel like I should have just chosen a different episode and rearranged the schedule. But I was like, you know, I spent a while preparing for this, and I didn't know for sure if I was going to go to the movie until, like, today, but I was already going to record... And it was just like, I don't know, schedules were moving forward f- faster than I could, uh, than I could, you know, change everything around. But I'm sure after I see it, I'll publish a review and maybe revise these predictions if there's some that I feel like it was nominated for but should have, but should have won, but I didn't say it did. I'll definitely revisit this. It's not the most efficient, but whatever. And then I'll, I'll probably do a final run through. Oh, wait, no. I'll I'll post it all on social media when I'm definite when it's definitive. This feels so unprofessional. I I can't believe I even have like five listeners. It blows my mind. This is so bad. Okay, uh sound mixing. Yeah, let's go with 
Ford versus Ferrari because the atmosphere that creates with the car sound effects and and the way it puts you into that that mood and those situations it's really well done and it was a great part of that movie that helped to the you know add to the suspense and the the atmosphere you know I said it before but it's the right word that's what it is so yeah we'll go with that animated short film uh okay this is a different language but I'll just say daughter that's what it means hair love kit bull memorable sister those are the nominees I'm gonna go with hair love and this is kind of where I stopped like wagering safe bets I don't know I just like that title I don't I I have no idea on in these cases but hair love sounds like a great title so we're going with that one live action short film we have Brotherhood, Nefta Football Club, The Neighbor's Window, Saria, and A Sister. I think I've heard of Saria. I think I've heard good buzz about this. But regardless, The Neighbor's Window. That sounds like a cool title and something intriguing, so we're going with that. Okay, original score. We have 1917 from Thomas Newman. Joker from uh, that guy. I don't. I just don't feel like butchering people's names like this. It's Hilder, going, going that daughter. That's not right. But uh, Little Women from on. Uh, oh come on, I'll, <laughs> Alexandra Desplat. Desplat. Yeah, that's okay. Marriage Story from Randy Newman and Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker from John Williams. John Williams is such a great composer and very reliably delivers incredible scores, but. I'm going to be honest, all the Star Wars have very similar sound to them, and a lot of them, it's, I'm not saying that he, like, recycles stuff, I'm just saying, you know, there's an expectation that the scores will sound alike. So I don't think there's anything that really shakes, you know, shakes up the mold. I, again, I haven't actually seen it, but I did go through and listen to some of these scores, and I don't think that it does anything super out there that hasn't really been done in previous Star Wars films, so I'm going to cross that one off the list. Despite saying that, it is a really great score, don't get me wrong. It's just, I don't think it's new enough to warrant a win. So I'm going to go with Joker. Listen, I like the score as a piece, like pieces of music by themselves. I don't like the way it's used in the film. I know a lot of people do. I think it's overbearing, and I think it tries so hard to convince you that this is a movie. This ain't your dad's superhero content. This is a film. But I don't know. I just can't get behind it. It is good. It's very good. Don't get me wrong. And I know there's a lot of buzz about it. And I know people really, really enjoy it. So for that reason, I think that it could secure the win. I just don't personally enjoy how it's used in the film. Uh, Visual effects. We have... Avengers Endgame, The Lion King, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, The Irishman, and 1917. No. The Irishman, no. Uh, that is freaky, and it doesn't look right. It's very disconcerting, all the de-aging effects. It, it, the technical, the technical like prowess that it takes to, to do this type of thing is really cool, and this effect is used well in other films. However, when you have a creepy de-aged, like, 35 to 40 ish year old on like a 70 year old man's body especially when they move and uh when he beats up that guy outside the storefront 
oh boy, is it very obvious that that is not a 35 to 40 year old man. So I, I'm going to rule that one out entirely. And I'm going to go with the Lion King. Now, I don't, I think I've made it clear that I'm completely against these movies and like, how cynical that the the nature of them are the the live action Disney remakes that that is, but regardless of the performances and how I don't think that these animals can emote very well nor do they match the voices, whatever it is still very very good. It's very well done. It looks incredible, and that's easily the best thing about it. Doesn't do enough to justify the existence of this movie, but still, it is amazing and awe-inspiring to look at. So for that reason, I'm going to give it to The Lion King. Although I do think Avengers Endgame and uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, they do look very good. Avengers does have some, some rocky places here and there, but considering like how much of that movie is CG, it doesn't look that bad. But again, I'm going to give it to The Lion King. All right. We're bringing it home. We got two more. Film editing, The Irishman, Ford vs. Ferrari, Parasite, Joker, and Jojo Rabbit. This one I gave to Ford vs. Ferrari because I think technically the level of of like editing expertise it takes to get all the match cuts to work right and everything to look right in the racing scenes and, and to edit how much footage they must have had into a coherent and... Uh, cohesive and very propulsive like series of sequences I think that's really a lot to be admired and it just it moves very well and the way the music is incorporated and the pace of everything and uh, the way we constantly cut into the car to see the person driving so that you never forget that there's a human being behind the wheel I think that's really good, and it's one of the best parts of the movie. So, for that reason, we're giving it to Ford vs. Ferrari. I will say, The Irishman, the editing is a large part of the reason why the pacing is as good as it is, and why this is still interesting. Because three and a half hours, it's very intimidating. There's a lot of ground they cover. However, I do, I do think that it, it moves pretty well, and without as tight of uh, an editor behind this thing this thing could have gone a lot longer and felt a lot more slow so for that reason i think it's commendable i do think ford versus ferrari is better though uh, in the editing department Alrighty, last but not least we got makeup and hairstyling for bombshell joker judy maleficent mistress of evil and 1917 so this one was a little tough too just because I I don't know, none of these really stood out in particular as like um as like really great examples of of makeup or hairstyling. I will be honest, I don't know much about it. It's not something that I deal with on a regular basis, being that I am a man with pretty short hair. But at the same time, I do think that these movies all had uh, had pretty great makeup and hairstyling, but I don't think any one of them really stood out. Again, I guess I just kind of naturally lean towards Joker, but that's only one character that really has anything stand out. For the most part, you're just kind of making people either look injured or look like, you know, just like the way they want them to look, which is just like regular people. 
again, not trying to discredit the work. I feel like I've said that a lot, but I'm just trying to outline why I don't think that they stand out enough to be winners. Uh, I, I'll go with Joker, because whatever. Everybody looks pretty good in it, and then obviously that design is in large part because of the makeup. So, yeah, we'll go with that. All right, and there's the list. I have a feeling that this episode was very bad and really boring, and I really should have pushed it back to nineteen to after I'd seen nineteen seventeen. But whatever to hell with it. It's recorded now. I'm not doing this again. This was oh, this is a long one. This is a beast. I feel like I just ran a marathon with my mouth. So yeah. Either way, thank you for listening. As always, what? It's so awesome that people actually listen to this. I don't know why, but I'm glad you do. If you and like you know by some miracle enjoyed this and the previous episodes why not tell other people that you can do that by leaving a five-star review and rating on whatever your preferred podcatcher is you can do it right in app it takes like a minute really helps the show out i appreciate it if you've already done that but you're like i didn't know he was doing an oscars episode and i didn't know that it dropped i wish i could have been informed well you can go to Instagram and follow me at Movies and More Pod, where I post updates on what the topics of discussion will be, and also uh, story posts when they're actually uploaded to, to iTunes and Spotify and everywhere that you can get them. If you've already done that, but you're like, can I see this kid's sneaker collection? Uh, yeah. Do you want to see the like, trips I take, too? Because you can see all that and more at Giovandrioli1 on Instagram. If Instagram doesn't float your boat, you can send in comments reviews, suggestions to at Movies and More Pod, or excuse me, uh, to Movies and More Pod at gmail.com. Whew. Okay. I think that just about does it. Oh, shoot. Gratefuls. I am grateful for a recent team trip to five guys. I was not having a great night. Uh, that was a lot about my attitude towards some certain things, and not necessarily about anything really going wrong. But I did, uh, I did go out to to Five Guys and then to Sweet Frog with the team, and it was a lot of fun. And I'm grateful that we do outings all the time. And I'm also grateful that we said freak the swimmers, uh, and we didn't want to go to your pasta party that you held during our practice. So we could show up for cold pasta right after you've all left as soon as we got there. Anyway, that's a personal vendetta. But the fact remains, I was very excited and and had a lot of fun going out with the team. So, yeah, I'm grateful that we have a team. I'm grateful that we're all very close and that we go out to eat a lot. So, yeah, that was definitely a highlight of my week. Oh, and I'm grateful for... Sorry, I know I only usually do one, but whatever. I'm doing two. This is a grateful time. Uh... I am grateful that I got to see a friend that I don't get to see very often. I saw him the other day. We we don't talk a lot anymore. We definitely don't as much as we used to. And only see each other like twice a year usually. And it was pretty awkward last time. I know we definitely both felt that. So I was really nervous going into this. Like, oh, are we going to be able to talk? Is there going to be much to, you know, to talk about, and and thankfully there was, and I think it it went really well, and definitely better than last time, so I'm glad that I got to see him, and I'm glad that it wasn't too awkward, and it was a lot of fun, I hope we get to do it again soon. Alright, I think that's actually legitimately it, I'm ready to sign off, I hope you enjoyed listening as always, and I hope that you have a fantastic day and weekend, don't forget that if you want to follow along with and, and do some Oscar predictions of your own, 
you totally should and can send those to me. I'll take a look and tell you what I think. Uh, okay, uh, be safe, have fun, and don't do drugs. Bye. Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni. Hey, and welcome back to uh, the podcast, the worst podcast on the internet. Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andrioli's Movies and More, where I talk about my moccasins. Once upon a time in Hollywood, 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 once upon a time in Hollywood. I think it was six, but it actually wasn't that hard.